Live from the rooftop of the Herman London Real Estate Group in beautiful downtown Maplewood, it's the St. Louis Realtor Podcast with your host, Adam Cruz. Welcome, welcome everybody to the St. Louis Realtor Podcast live from the rooftop of the Herman London Real Estate Group in beautiful downtown Maplewood, Missouri. I'm your host, Adam Cruz, here with my co-host, Shannon Shannon St. Pierre. Hello. Also a realtor here with Herman London. And we're super pumped to have in today our expert lender, mortgage guy, credit guy, good friend, George DeMere from Endeavor Capital Mortgage. Thank you. That's a nice introduction. Yeah. Well, thank you for being here. You know, I know you had lots of places to do. You're probably closing tons and tons of loans today. But we really, you know, we did, uh, for our listeners, we did podcast number 41 was all about credit repair. And so we brought... George in here today because Shannon and I really wanted to talk more about credit. It's such an important topic. It, it seems to really drive people's lives. And uh, so today we're going to talk about the myths of the credit score. And George is going to sort of break down what makes up a credit score. And, and we have lots of interesting questions for him, too. Yeah, a lot of misconceptions out there on what makes up your credit score. So those are some of the things we want to clear up for our listeners today. But before we jump into that, can you tell me kind of like why credit matters you know, you know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. So credit in our world today is more important than ever. Most people think it just affects the interest rate you're going to get on your mortgage, maybe the interest rate you're going to get on a car loan, something like that. But above and beyond that, it's now crept into the insurance world. So you think about uh, what we all do here is, is selling houses and doing mortgages on houses. Everybody needs homeowner's insurance. Your homeowner's insurance companies now are pulling a credit report on you. And the premium you, you pay is based off of whatever your credit score is. That's one of the factors that they're looking at. Um, credit cards. You know, are you going to get the, the primo interest rate on your credit card? Well, if you don't have a 740 score above, you're probably not. So if you got a 600 credit score, you're going to get a credit card that's going to have a higher interest rate on it if you're carrying a balance. Okay. And, you know, they always say, like, the rich get richer and stuff like that. And I guess this sort of plays into that, right? Because in theory... The rich, quote unquote, don't have big debts out there. They don't have they they have a good credit score essentially, and so they're able to get access to more money for cheaper or whatever, right? Yeah, and and I think the goal is is what we've done with Endeavor Capital, with Herman London, with you guys is we're trying to educate our clients. So if they don't have a great credit score right now, what can we do to help you improve your credit score? And I think that's a lot of what we're going to talk about today, so that people who maybe aren't making a ton of money and have a great credit score right now, can we get them there? And then they can call their mortgage company, Endeavor Capital Mortgage, and potentially refinance, get a better rate. Can they look at their car loan that they currently have, refinance that, get a better rate, call their homeowner's insurance company? That's one of the biggest things that people forget about because most times we escrow for your homeowner's insurance and your real estate taxes. So a lot of people forget about that when each year you should be doing a checkup on your homeowner's insurance as well as your mortgage, just like you go to the doctor and get your yearly checkup. Why not shop your homeowner's insurance? And if we've gotten your credit scores to increase, chances are you're going to get a lower premium, which means a lower monthly mortgage payment. seems like there's so much to keep up with. You know, we're, we're trying to get, uh, we're trying to encourage people if it's the right fit for them to buy homes and get mortgages and stuff. And like you said, these are things you're supposed to be checking up with every year, not only maintaining the home, but we're supposed to be checking up on our rates and all these things. We're just saying you should also check up on your credit score and kind of maintain, make sure that you're maintaining a high credit score yeah, or doing I, the right things to raise your credit score. 
Yes, agree 100%. Once a year, you should actually be pulling your credit. And what I recommend is going to a site called annualcreditreport.com. Um, that is a free site. Um, you can pull a credit bureau on all three of the credit repositories will show up on there. And it will give you an idea on where you are. It also lets you know, are there any mistakes on your credit report? That's one of the things, Adam, that we're going to talk a little bit about today is, is we also see a lot of mistakes. People have trade lines that are showing up that maybe it's they've got the same name as their dad and it's showing up on their credit report okay. um, or a collection that they didn't even know about because they haven't had their credit pulled in several years. So we want to look at it at least once a year and make sure that everything's accurate and everything's correct. If but it, the credit report doesn't tell you your score, which is a lot of people go on and get their credit report looking for the score, but that score is is separate of the credit reports. And I feel like it doesn't even matter anyway. Um, you can see your credit score um, with most, I think, credit cards now as yeah. well. That's a great However, point. but th- it still doesn't matter. That credit score is not the same as the credit score that you have with mortgages and stuff like that. So we'll kind of touch base on that. But yes. the thing to kind of back up just for a moment... When we talk about the credit and in terms of our clients and wanting to buy a house, one of the things I highly, highly encourage my clients, and I think you do too, is talk to a lender as soon as possible to kind of go through the credit report because in our heads, we um, think that it's to our best advantage to maybe pay off a credit card. And in essence, that may not be the best approach in, in regards to your credit score and raising it. Um, so I always have them talk to a lender to potentially get a strategy to help raise the credit score if needed, but cause it's not what's, you know, intuition. Yeah. That's people, great advice. People yeah. s- seems like sometimes they get insulted, you know, if we're like, call George, talk to him about, your pre-approval, get a pre-approval, have them run your credit and all that stuff. And they think, I have a good job. I make good money. Why are you insulting me by saying that you don't trust me or something like that? You know, but it's not about that, right? It's about like... Well, and that's why I think credit scores are... Ex- There's so many myths, number one, revolving around them. But number two, it's this extremely difficult puzzle that... No one can truly tap down. It's just we have an idea, but there's no real solution to the puzzle. I'm going to ask you this a couple times, George, but can you just give us your phone number? 314-378-0331. Cool. Okay. Well, do you want to jump into you? You've given us this handout that we will post on our website uh, along with the podcast, and it's got this pie graph, pie graph I guess. Pie chart. pie chart, yeah. It's got this pie chart on it. <laughs> I want this big piece here, and so you're going to want to jump in there and kind of start giving us some examples. Yeah. So the the first thing that I want to talk about is, and you know, we'll we'll use you two guys as examples. So Adam, let's say that uh, you make a hundred thousand dollars a year. You've been on your job for ten years, and you've got five hundred thousand dollars in the bank. And Shannon, you've been on your job for a year. You're making forty thousand dollars a year, and you've got two months of bills in your bank account. Would you say, you know, just to start us off here, that you would probably have a better credit score than Shannon based on what I just said? Yes. Okay. So I'd say no. So we both know now who took my class. Shannon was in my credit scoring class. Adam skipped out because he would know the answer to this, which is none of those factors have anything to do with your credit score. Okay. How about that? 
But you wouldn't. Okay, so uh, you wouldn't say that it's more likely that someone who has a bunch of money or whatever has better credit. Well, whether they have better credit or not, we don't know. But does that factor into what your credit score is? Those specific things, your actual salary or what you make, your income, does it factor into your credit score? Your savings, how much money do you have in the bank? How long have you been on your job? None of that applies. None of that applies. And a lot of people think that that factors into their credit score being higher when we're going to break down and we're going to talk about the five things, only these five things will spit out your credit score on what it's going to be. Right. And so the logic would tell you that I'm going to pay cash for a car or I'm going to try and pay cash for my groceries, all these things, because I don't want to get into credit card debt because it's bad. And my parents got into that and we... We struggled and all these things that are wrapped around credit cards and the feelings and the emotions of money and um, kind of come from, you know, our, our past and our histories and our parents and how they handled it. But it's not what you would it's, it's not. think. I'm- and so a lot of, I mean, I see a lot of young people using cash, trying to stay away from that debt debt issue other than maybe student loans. <laughs> yeah, and, that, and that's one of the biggest things we see, especially with first-time homebuyers. If, if we're looking at somebody who's operating strictly on cash, a lot of times they won't have a credit score when we pull their credit. So, Or it's po- very, very low. Yeah. I've had that many yeah. a few times. Yeah, because there's nothing on there for the algorithm, Be- for the credit score to create a, a, a Because score. they think they're doing everything right. Yes. It's interesting because I do almost never use cash. I use credit card for basically everything I can, if I can, even if I have cash in my pocket. But I'm super careful about paying the credit card off every month. Which and is I, very important. And I guess some people get into a thing where they get a credit card and then they they just like somehow start spending like it's not their money or something. Yeah. Well, you, yeah, it's easy to do the credit card for your groceries and your gas and, oh, this little thing over here and that little thing. And then by the time you get your credit card bill, it's racked up to something right that's higher than what you had in your head. I've been watching uh, re- re-watching Parks and Rec. And I don't know if you guys have seen that, <laughs> I'm but they all, they have that treat yourself day. And that's, it reminds me of someone like with their credit card for the first time, they're just like, treat yourself. And they just, just go by going at they it. Want. Yeah. yeah. And that's what I did when everything. I first got a credit card when I was 20, early twenties in college, got a credit card. When I had a free did. t-shirt to sign up for the card or no? I probably did. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> t-shirt that I probably never wore. Uh, but they, yeah, it was. And then it was Christmas time, and I thought I'd go buy Christmas gifts for my siblings, and uh-huh. you know, thought I'd do something nice. And, and you're that still racks- paying for those. Presents. No, luckily, <laughs> luckily, yeah. It, but yeah, it's easy to rack it up, and I Absolutely. can see how it happens. Yeah. So if we want to dive into this, um, yeah. you know, let, let's start off with the biggest percentage, which is 35 percent of your credit score is your payment history. I mean, it's as simple as that. How do you pay your bills every single month? And one thing I want to point out here is if you pay your bills on the 15th of the month, for example, your mortgage is normally going to be due on the 1st. If you don't pay by the 15th, you are going to get hit with a 5% late fee. But that is not going to report to the credit bureaus negatively against you. Not until you actually go 30 days late. So if you're more, not that we're encouraging you to pay your mortgage late. No, we do not want to do that because that will Astrid. really hurt your score. But I want to just clarify for people out there that if for whatever reason you forgot or something came up and it happens, it happens and you make your payment on the 17th of the month, mm-hmm. you're going to get a 5% late charge, but that's not going to go against you on your, on your credit report. So 35% of your overall score, how do you pay your bills? 
And to take that one step further, you can end up being 30 days late on a credit card, on a mortgage, on an installment loan. If you go 60 days late, it's going to hit your score even harder. If you go 90 days late, it's going to hit it even harder. So that's the, the benchmarks on what the credit bureaus are looking at is 30, 60, 90, and so forth out on that. And so some examples of your payment history, though, that do affect your credit score are not only late pays, but collections, charge-offs, repossessions, foreclosures. Yep. And, and that's one of the bankruptcies, biggest... Bankruptcies, judgments. Yeah. So, so we're talking misconceptions here, Shannon. So one of the biggest misconceptions that I see a lot of people make this mistake. You've got a collection that's five years old. It's from AT&T. You don't even remember about it. Whatever the case may be, it's or $95. didn't even know about it. Right. And before you get your mortgage, you think, hey, I want to get everything cleaned up on my credit report. I'm going to pay this collection off. And in actuality, even though that goes against all of our traditional mindset of I'm doing something good. Again, intuition. Yes. It's hurting you. It's wrong. You're like admitting guilt. Yeah. You can look at it that way. You're admitting guilt, but you're also bringing that collection back to life as of 2019. When you had that initial collection in 2014, each year that goes by, it's starting to a, a little bit help you with your credit scores, and eventually it will fall off of your, your credit report. If you pay it off, it brings it back to life as of 2019, and your credit score is going to take a hit for that. So when does it fall off? Generally after seven years. Okay. Yeah, is when you'll see uh, it fall off. So what should you do if you, if, you need, if you have something that was in collections from five years ago or whatever? So what I think the I first do? thing you should do is, is talk with a lender who is experienced in the credit score model and understands credit scores and how they work. So when you guys were talking earlier about you, you like to send your clients to get them pre-approved with a mortgage company before you even start showing them houses. I think at that point, that's when a good loan officer will sit down and review a credit report with their client, go through every single thing. And then we also have the ability to look and see, hey, if we do certain things, we can get your score increased by a certain amount which entail will get you a better interest rate when we're all said and done. But the goal is, is we want to make sure we get them in that house. So we want to coach them and make sure that they're doing all the correct things. Yeah. So don't touch those collections if they're Shannon, you gave another example of a charge off. Can you guys tell me what is a charge off? So basically a charge off is, is if you have a, a delinquent debt with a creditor at a certain point, they will write that off as bad debt. A delinquent debt, like what we were just talking about, where you haven't paid it in four years or whatever. Yeah, they'll write that off as bad debt. So a lot of times what they'll do is, is they'll just charge it off, and it'll show up on your credit report as a charge-off. And how does it do that? Like if I owed Blockbuster Video $80 for wow. printing Matilda video. in 2014 or whatever, like, and they just go, forget it. We're not even going to go after them for this money. How does the credit company or the credit score companies find out about it? Well, because Blockbuster's reporting that to the credit agencies. Not, not every creditor reports to the credit agencies. There's three main credit agencies, TransUnion, Experian, and Equifax. Mm-hmm. So most creditors will report, but there are certain ones that won't. Um, Blockbuster, I, I'm not sure. I thought you were younger than me. I don't even remember Blockbuster. But what? I, I, I'm you, jo- I'm I was joking. like, holy. He, he is a lot younger than me. Can, I mean, yeah, this is I maybe guess, a little but... bit off topic, but how do we 
how do they or how do we report? So, for example, we you know we collect a lot of people's rent for all the properties that we're managing. And we did talk about that, right? Should we be reporting that? Um, You can report that if you want. That obviously helps clients quite a bit. But there's a process that you would have to go through in order to report that to the three credit agencies. And so is it a hard process, long process? Does it cost him? Sounds like there would probably be a process for us to establish that we're legit with them probably. Yes. Yes. And, and to be honest, I've never done it before as a creditor, so I'm not 100% sure how it works. But I do know that we have and, and we've seen people where their property management company is reporting rent to the credit bureaus. So that's something that you guys may want to look into. Well, ideally, we like to help our tenants turn into buyers. You know, we've worked with you on that a lot. And so if we can help them raise their credit score, if that's what's keeping them from buying, it might be worth it for our company to do. Or, it, yeah, if you if It'd be good to do just because they have something positive to outweigh the negative that may exist that's yeah. holding them back too. Yeah, I think that would be a great service that you guys could do for your uh, your leasing clients. Okay. So I guess we can segue into uh, pie piece number two. Which, which is the second largest piece of the pie yes. which at 30%. So 30%. payment history was 35. Amounts owed. Amounts owed is 30%. Um, You will often hear this referred to as your credit utilization rate. And what that simply means is, is when you get a credit card, um, they will give you a high balance on your credit card. So let's say you get a credit card and they give you a high balance of $10,000. The high limit. The high limit. I'm sorry. Yes. So basically what that means is, is you have the ability to go up that high, but you need to understand how it's going to impact your credit score. So we had talked about, um, you know, paying off, your credit cards every month. Obviously, that's the best thing that you can do. But it, is it? Because I've heard both ways. So you pay it off, yes, but then you don't have revolving. Well, we, we have revolving debt because a credit card is a revolving debt. So we do have a history of seeing, because it depends on what day we pull a credit report. Okay. So your balance may be on there um, because you haven't paid it yet for the month or the creditor hasn't reported it to the credit agencies yet. So it all depends on what day we pull that credit report, but we can always do a rapid rescore is what we call it and show that your balance is down to zero and that you've paid that account off. Okay. So as long as you're using that credit card, that's what we want to see is, is usage. Got out it. Of it. Um, so if you are in a situation where you're forced to keep a balance, we really would like to keep that balance under 30% of your high credit limit. So back to our example, at $10,000, if you can stay under $3,000, if you're carrying a balance, that's where we want you to be. So 30% of the credit card limit. High credit limit. That's correct. But that's a carrying over balance because say you have like a $10,000 credit limit and you put like an Adam over here who puts everything on the credit card. Um you know, it's easy to go over that $3,000 every month. It is. And, that, mean, and that's when it's important for your lender to make sure that they're working with you and getting documentation to show that you're paying that off every month. Or it'd be a good idea to maybe make a payment before you have your credit pulled? Uh, yeah. Or yeah, call the credit it. card and try to get your limit raised? That's another great idea. I mean, we do that in certain situations, too, where somebody's carrying a balance and we're over that 30% threshold. You can always call your credit card and ask for that high credit to be raised. And thus, Does that, that affect reduce. your score, though? Because now you have... It does not. Okay. It does not. So that's something we'll talk about later, too, the difference between a soft pull on your credit and a hard pull on your credit. Um, 
So basically amounts owed 30%. If you get over 50%, your credit's going to take another hit. If you get over 70%. On a credit card balance. Yes, your score is going to take another hit. So those are the, the threshold markers that they're looking at. So obviously the goal is to keep it below 30%. So we're at 65% of your total score right now just off of those two But it's factors. not just amounts owed. It's not just credit cards. It's your auto loans, installment loans. Yeah. So, so the algorithm that they use is this really fancy algorithm that nobody can get the key to it. Um, they, they developed this that, you know, Experian, TransUnion, and Equifax are billion-dollar companies. They're not going to give the, the key out to their algorithm. But from what we understand is, is they look at it in the, within the algorithm as individual accounts, what is your usage ratio, and then they take it as a whole, and what is your usage ratio with all of your outstanding debt out there, and that they both play into what your credit scores are going to be. So I'm, conf- I'm a little bit confused because under amounts owed, one of the example you have is mortgage loans, yes. which to me insinuates that the more mortgages I take out, the worse my credit score would be, but as amounts owed, and, and when you're talking about mortgage loans, is it really more about like debt-to-income ratio? Not not debt to income ratio, but because once again, your income has nothing to do with this, but it's more about the ratio with your high credit limit. So to, to answer your question, if you have multiple mortgages on your credit report, that is going to affect your usage ratio. But as long as you're paying them on time, it's not necessarily going to... Your credit's not going to take a hit enough to affect you at all. If it's not my income, then what are they comparing the amount, the total amount of mortgages that I have outstanding? What are they comparing that? Or the so, ha- amount you owe. So it's because mo- it's the total amount that you owe. Though. That I owe, right? Yeah. But so when, every when time you take I buy a mortgage a house, out, that's getting bigger, right? When you take a mortgage out, let's say you, you get a two hundred thousand dollar mortgage. Mm-hmm. Okay, so as you pay on that, the balance is going to slowly come down. You know, very slowly, though, very the slowly. By yes, the way. <laughs> I mean the the, <laughs> so the beginning even... ten years of a mortgage, most of your payment has gone towards interest. Right. Mm-hmm. Whereas the last you know five to seven years of your mortgage, the majority has gone towards paying your principal down. But as long as I'm making my mortgage payment, that's what's helping me with that, mortgages. That's what's helping you with your payment history. But it, it is. Is there a calculation? As as far as like the amounts owed and how they calculate it. So if I have. Um, $50,000 of available credit and I'm, but or I don't even know because mortgage loans, auto loans, HELOCs, I mean, so it all kind of have them the, all. Like, yeah, it all goes into that big, it. once again, it's that algorithm that none of us have the keys to that. And Shannon, you had talked about this earlier. When we look at annualcreditreport.com and we look at a mortgage company and we look at a credit card company, we are all pulling different algorithms. So when you go to a lender and you're applying for a home loan, our algorithm is probably the toughest one. So just because Discover Card may say that you got a 780 credit score doesn't mean that when I pull your credit as Endeavor Capital Mortgage, you're going to have a 780 credit now, score. Now, why is that? Once again, it all goes into to the algorithm. We as a mortgage company are looking a little harder at your credit score and we're, we're putting more weight into certain categories uh, because obviously you're you are to repay. or the, um, the, the 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 model the model the, is automatically the mortgage model yeah it has a mortgage model it has an auto model it has a general consumer yes credit card model and then it has just ah, an over and overall which is basically I think what our people are seeing yeah and so ours is probably the toughest because your ability to repay is a huge thing for us in the mortgage business I mean that's right. that's one of the biggest things that we're looking at when we approve you for a loan so what has more weight on the mortgage model um probably I, I don't know for sure but i'd probably say your payment history 
is, is probably the, the thing that we look at the most, you know, because once again, we're trying to prove a track record of how have you paid in the past to accurately make a, a decision on, you know, should you get this loan or not? And at what interest rate? Should you get this loan? You know, once again, interest rates in today's world, a lot of people you'll hear on the radio or TV or whatever, they're, they're spouting off an interest rate, and there's no one interest rate that fits everybody. Everybody's a little different, and there's several different factors that go into your interest rate when you're getting a loan. You know, so I don't ever quote just a random interest rate because I need to sit down and talk to you and look at your individual situation. What is your credit score? Adam, you brought up debt-to-income ratio. Debt-to-income ratio plays into that factor. So there's a lot of different things that will determine what kind of interest rate you get. Okay. Just, just to be clear, because I'm not sure that I fully understand, if I have an auto loan, should I pay it down more and that will raise my credit? It would raise your credit if you want to pay it down more because it would help with your credit utilization ratio. I don't know from a financial perspective if that that's the smartest thing for you to do, especially if you've got a really good interest rate. Um, but we're, we're kind of getting into a financial planner discussion there on what would be the best way to, to utilize your money. Okay. Um, so don't just, don't just make I that assumption. I think this is so frustrating. Like This is your whole life. Every, everything plays into it, yet we can't – we don't know. No. Well, I think he's saying like everyone's different. So he doesn't want to tell you know, me, for example, to pay down my auto loan when he doesn't know if I've got some big credit card debt out there that I haven't been paying down and I'm carrying right. that at yeah, the but it's a crazy, interest. It's a hard puzzle. Yeah, to- it's definitely a hard but puzzle. But considering how much everything relies on this, it's a very difficult puzzle. Yep. Well, that's kind of the, I think that's the idea of why we're doing a, a second podcast about it and why we're encouraging people to make you know, take the time to really look into it and think about it and kind of take their credit score seriously because it seems like you can do a few little things to really hurt it or you can really do a few little things to really help it. You're exactly And why not take the time to try to help it? Because you might not need it right now, but you're going to need it at some point. Yeah, and and hopefully... I think you always need it. Your auto insurance? Yeah, I mean, like, you might not be trying to buy a new car right now or a new house right now. But you are probably eventually, and like yes. and like you're saying, every day it's infecting you because now the insurance and all that stuff. And we want to we want to educate you know you listeners out there on what what are the right questions to ask when you're sitting down with somebody, so you you understand if you can get a grip on this model just a little bit, you're going to understand what questions you know you need to ask, and um, that that's all going to help you in the long run. Okay. So let's see. Moving in our third piece here, um, we are on your length of credit history, which accounts for 15% of your score. So now we'd be at 80% overall. Your length of credit history simply is how long have you had credit? Um, we, we've, we've talked a little bit here about people who pay in cash and they don't have any credit at all. So, so naturally, someone who's younger is just going to be at a complete disadvantage because... They're just starting out in life. Yeah. So what we try to do is, is we try to set them up immediately with maybe like a secured credit card. So the difference between a secured credit card and a regular credit card is that regular credit card maybe gives you the $10,000 limit and you can go run that credit card up quick. And I'm sure we all did that when we were in our younger days. If you get a secured credit card, that's going to a bank and actually giving them $500 and they hold that $500, and then they will issue you a secured card where your high credit limit is only $500. And what that does is, is that gives somebody the ability to fill their car up with gas, go get their groceries every week, and pay that off every month. And you're establishing a track record on your credit report. Credit history, 
payment history, payment history utilization so rate. Let all me that ask stuff. you because naturally, I mean, someone who just turns eighteen or someone who's coming out of college probably doesn't have a lot of credit history just because the nature of the game. Right. So, have you seen? Would you recommend that maybe a parent get a secured credit card for a teenager? One hundred percent. So yes. something that they can start creating a credit history at the age of 10, 11, 12, 13. I would probably say more, you know, college years maybe, or, you know, at, when you're 18 to start doing that. Um, Why not younger? To, I mean, that history is. That's, yeah, that's a good a question. I'm literally yeah. like, should I take out a, <laughs> serious, should I take out a credit, secured credit card in my newborn? And that, then that's a great it? question that we need to do a little research on because I don't know if there's an age limit on what they would allow you to do because obviously. Not on a secured it, credit card. Yeah. Because we want to put that card in the the person's name that we're trying Their to build security. credit for. And I think you have to co-sign, but... But I'm then I sure. couldn't just like let it sit there. I'd have to actually be buying stuff in their you, name. You actually want to use it. I mean, we want to see... Can she there's... sign her name yet? <laughs> but I can sign for her, right? I you can sign for her. Yeah, a co... You're, you're, you're an authorized... A joint account. Yeah, yeah authorized user. Authorized so, user yeah, on the account. So we can do a little digging on that and... Uh, and get, I'll get back to you guys. Maybe we can post something as I mean, a follow this, up to that. This is me being like an overprotective helicopter parent or whatever. But I'm like, maybe I'll take out a credit card in her name and then use it like just to buy her diapers or something, and pay it off every month. You know, right? Have to have it. I would have to have it set up to auto pay off like from my bank account, so I yeah. would remember it. I don't want to hurt her credit score. Exactly. You know? We don't want Already. to do that. Yeah. When you were six months old, you had a. <laughs> you didn't pay for your diapers this month. <laughs> Okay. Well, so you're going to look into that a little bit? Yeah, I'll look into that and then we'll, uh, we'll update everybody and, and post something. How cool would that be if she turns 18 and she's got like an 850 credit score? <laughs> be awesome, right? If, hopefully if she has financial like where, wherewithal or whatever, because I don't want her to go, hey, I've got this great credit score. I got this great credit card. Let me go buy but shops I think for that's everybody. part of educating the kids on finances. Yeah, which- she will be well educated. She'll have to listen she'll, to every podcast. She'll be hitting daddy up for down payment money, too, at that point, <laughs> for that first house. Okay, so what's the next one? New credit. So, so the next one is new credit. So now we're up to, that's 10% of your score. So that'll put us up to uh, uh, 90% now. So new credit is when you go out and you apply for a new credit card or you apply for a mortgage or a car loan or anything like that. So this is, this is interesting. Um, when you apply for a mortgage the credit bureau's algorithm factors in that you're probably going to be shopping for that mortgage and you may call three different lenders. So when your credit gets pulled, a hard inquiry, a hard inquiry that does drop your score by a couple of points, nothing major, but you do drop a couple of points when that happens forever. No, it'll build back up. It's just an initial hit because you're having your credit pulled. But if you go to, let's say two other lenders and also, look, your score is not going to be hit again the second time and then hit again the third time. Isn't it's, that like as long as it's within a certain period of time? As long something? as it's in a certain period of time. And, and they go back and forth with that. The last I've checked, it's 45 days that you've got that 45-day window. The same holds true for when you're buying a car. You know, They're expecting you to shop and, and look around to try and find the best deal for yourself. What we don't want to happen is we don't want you to go out and apply for four new credit cards within a 30-day period. That's going to that's gonna whack your score. Is that a hard? 
That would be a, yeah. So when you're when you're applying for a new credit card, they are going to look at your credit, and it's going to be a and hard. And so inquiry. credit cards aren't lumped together like they do mortgages or autos. When you are you're assuming you're shopping around, but the credit card situations a ding every single time. Every single time that you're that you're trying to open a new card, and it goes back, Shannon. You had brought up a point. Um, if we're raising the credit limit. If you have a credit card already and you're asking for your credit limit to be raised, generally that's a soft pull. So they're not making a hard pull there. They're doing what's called a soft pull. So it will not reduce your credit score if you're asking for and that. And so what's truly increase. the difference like, between the hard and the soft pull? Because the, the hard pull is going to affect your score. That's going to drop your well, score. Well, yes, but what's what the can they in the see? Yeah, getting? the information. A lot of times if you've got a creditor that you've already got established credit with and they're just looking at your score or they're looking to approve you for a higher amount or you may notice if you got a Capital One card, you've already got that one Capital One card, but all of a sudden now you're pre-approved for the Quicksilver Capital One card. And what they're doing is, is they're doing a soft pull and they're looking at you saying... They're, they're paying their bills perfectly on this one credit card, so we're going to go ahead and extend them another credit card. So it's just the information that's pulled is very specific to them and the history for that specific creditor. That's and correct. So they don't see every creditor, that, that's but correct. they see your score and then their history, yes. specific history. <clears throat> so it's, it's very uh, interesting how they can do that, and it, it shows you, too, that you can get into a lot of debt if they start pre-approving you for all these credit cards and you're getting these credit cards in and you're activating them. Once again, that's multiple new sources of credit that you're activating and that will bring your score down a little bit. For it's weird out. because it will bring it down temporarily, but then you have these, like if you're paying them off, then you're sort of helping your payment history, right? And you're helping your like credit limit and all this kind of other stuff. Yeah. So once again, it's confusing. I mean, I've been doing this 25 years and have, have taught this miss behind your credit score class forever. Um, and there, there's always new changes coming about. They're changing the algorithm all the time, but it's a proprietary formula that they're, they're billion dollar companies. They're not going to give up their secret sauce. So all we can do is try and interpret it the best we can and educate consumers out there on the best way to try and keep moving your credit score up. So wait, and let's go back to length of credit history a little bit because we got off track on trying to establish our kids here. But at the same time, because I know it's tempting with all these different credit card offers and points and and situations change in life and now maybe I want a Marriott versus this you know, Southwest card or something of the sort to start building Marriott points for vacations or whatever. But it's very important. The length of define that because it's not just that you've gotten credit since you were 18 and I've been on the credit scale for the last 25, 30 years. It's, it's how long have you had that one specific credit card that really plays into that? Cause after a while, some of that stuff just falls off. Yeah, and you, and you bring up a very interesting point that I'm, I'm glad we're going back to it. One of the other big myths out there is I've got this credit card. I really don't use it a lot anymore. I'm just going to go ahead and close it down. So once again, our traditional mindset is, is oh, well, that's, that's smart. Cut the credit card up, close it down. That way I'm not going to use it. What we don't realize is, is that hurts us in, in several ways in the credit scoring model. When we closed that credit card down that had a $10,000 high credit limit. And that we've had for 15 years. That we've had for 15 years. So it's helped us with our length of credit history. And it's also helping us with the credit utilization rate. Because when they're looking at it uh, from a 
cumulative basis, that $10,000, when you close that, all of a sudden, your high credit just went down by $10,000. So whatever balances you may be carrying, now that utilization ratio has gone up 30% of your score, that could affect you. So once again, one of the, the big myths out there is I'm just going to close this credit card down. And what we say is, is don't close it down. Leave it open. We want that left open. If you got to cut the credit card up so you don't use it, do whatever you've got to do, but don't close that card down. But you do need to use it a little bit, don't you? You do. Yes, you do need to use it. Um, if it goes dormant, you know it's not going to factor that much into your score. It won't ever just fall off unless you physically close the card down. I but have- they do close it down. Like one of the things I was asking you about is I had some store credit cards. I think it was an old Navy one and yeah. I haven't used it. They eventually it. would just close they it just down on you. They just due to inactivity. Inactivity. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I had a credit card that we used to use for the company credit card and now I got a different credit card two years ago and I moved most of the stuff over. But I just noticed the other day there's like a $4 charge that is recurring on that old credit card every month. I mean, I know what it's for. It's legit. Oh. But I'm like, I guess I should keep that. You should keep that, yes. I, I, think I mean, I should definitely keep, keep that card, and I might as well keep that bill being charged to that card Yeah. instead of moving that bill to this to our new card. I, I think that would probably be a smart thing to do. I, w- you know, I would want to look at your overall profile before I gave a final judgment on that. Okay. Um, but I, based off of what you're saying, I think that would be smart since you've had that credit card for a while. You've got a, a length of credit history established, and you probably have a high credit limit on there, too, that we don't want to lose that. Okay. Okay. And that like $4 monthly charge is better than having zero monthly charge. It's activity. It's, it's any kind of activity as long as you're showing activity every Crazy. month. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Just do your auto pay so you don't forget about it. So yeah. that $4 turns I do into do that. I do that with everything. <laughs> $34 with the late fee. <laughs> so the last 10% of your score um, to get us to our full 100% here is the type of credit used. So in the algorithm, once again, they are looking for their perfect blend of a mortgage, a couple of credit cards, an installment loan. And when I say an installment loan, that's a, a car loan or anything that has a, a closed end. Well, you're financing something for four, your furniture for four years at a certain interest rate. You're making a set monthly payment. So they, they are looking for that perfect little blend. So if you've got just all credit cards and nothing else, that's not going to play as well as if you've got a mortgage, two or three credit cards, and a car loan. So that, that's what they mean when they say types of credit used. You know, they, they want to see that balance in there. So, and this is one of those things, too. It's just kind of, it plays into that hard puzzle because... Now I'm trying to mix it all up and I'm putting more on my plate. I'm trying to get an installment loans. I'm trying to get, you know, the mortgage loan, the auto loan, all these different perfect mix to create this pie. Yeah. And you know what, Shannon? I don't know if there is a perfect mix. I mean, that, that's where everybody gets people who really right. get into their so credit scores. Right. So now I have to play this game. Eight, I'm already an, busy enough, but then uh, like right. I, now I have to play this game. Right. I want an 800 credit score. What do I have to do to get an 800 credit score? You don't need an 800 credit score. Would that be great? Yes. But if you've got a 760 credit score, you're going to get the premium interest rates out there for your mortgage, for your car loan, for your credit cards. So a lot of times we get fixated on trying to get this perfect and we're never going to get it perfect. So I I think following this pie chart the best we can and being advised by somebody that understands credit. um, We have some great software at Endeavor Capital where we can actually it's a credit simulator. So, Adam, if I ran your credit score and I wanted to try and get your credit score a little higher, 
um, for whatever reason, I can run you through this credit simulator and it'll say pay down this credit card by this amount or transfer a balance from this credit card to this credit card. And what it's doing is, is it'll increase your score by X number of points. I want to do that because even though you say it sounds like anything over 760 doesn't matter, I want that. Isn't that's it, your, doesn't that's it go up to like 850 or something? I think 830. I want that no, 830. No, isn't it 850? Is it 850? Have you ever really seen 850? And wouldn't that be an impossibility? I want 20, 25 years, the highest score I've ever seen is an 815. I want that. You want that. We'll, yeah. get, it, we'll get you there. Let's do this credit simulator <laughs> thing for me. <laughs> we'll get you there. We'll, okay. we'll, we'll put your right, gear we'll on. Put that on the plate. I'm going to have to take out a student loan. <laughs> <laughs> Adam, you need to take some college classes. <laughs> We're going to get you back to that 815. Okay. Interesting. So hopefully that was uh, some good information for everybody out there um, on at, at least, you know, helping you understand it a little better. What are the right questions to ask? And if, if you are thinking about buying a house or, or getting a car, you, you at least know what you, you know, you should be doing. And once again, I can't reiterate enough. You go to the doctor once a year for your, your checkup. Um, all of our clients at Endeavor, we do a mortgage checkup every six months. So we take a look at what are current market rates and what is your interest rate. And either we're going to recommend that you refinance because it looks like it's in your best interest financially, or you're, you're looking great. You know, we, we can't match the rate that you already have, but don't forget to do that with your homeowner's insurance. Shop your homeowner's insurance every year, especially if you're working on your credit score and you think your credit score has increased for whatever reason that year, there's a good chance you could get your premium lower. Okay. Love it. Yes. So don't forget to get your uh, credit reports at annualcreditreport.com. And then the other website that we talked about in the class was uh, that I, I've done is optoutprescreen.com. Yes. What's that? So you can opt out of all the credit card offers. Oh, really? Now it does not... Uh, keep your current credit card companies from selling your information or sending you offers, which is what annoys me. But yeah, but you know, yeah, it just cuts down on a lot of the junk. I want to cut down on the junk phone calls. Oh, the capital ones that keeps email, you know, sending something every day. Yeah. Yeah. That definitely helps. That's a great site to go to and put your information in there. George DeMare, what's your phone number? 314-378-0331. Or would you want people to email you? They can email me as well. Uh, G Demare, D-E-M-A-R-E, at ECAP, E-C-A-P, mortgage.com. Wonderful. The myths of credit score, everybody. Thank you for listening. Thank you. Thank you guys for having me. And give us a call for any of your real estate or mortgage needs. And take care.